Hey guys, welcome to The Real Shit with Brit and Wit. This is Whitney. And this is Brittany. And this is the podcast that's here to make you feel normal in your everyday life. Holy shit, we're back. <laughs> I feel like we start every episode with that. Like, <laughs> Except this time, they really didn't think we were coming back, I bet. I know. And we kept saying, like, we want to get back at it. We want to get back at it. But there's been a lot of things. A lot of things. I'm ready to talk about all the things. We're going to talk about it. We're doing it today. So, okay. Um, a few months have been a roller coaster, would you say? Yeah. Just a tad. Yeah. Okay. So, last time we recorded, I think, was back in August. And we're like, we'll be back with the next episode, right? A whole new season. Just kidding. My life went to shit, kind of. <laughs> Yes, it did. It totally changed. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm ready to share. I've had so much like just out, like people reaching out over the past seven months. Like, are you okay? We haven't seen you. I mean, I completely just fell off of Instagram, social media, everything. Yeah. You got off of everything, which you were a pretty regular poster. So it was kind of, I've had people reach out to me and say like, where's Britt? What happened? Like we're (laughs) like, we haven't seen anything from her. Yeah, no, people were very concerned once they haven't seen Brittany posting stories every day. Um, And I apologize to anyone who has reached out to me and I haven't gotten back because I really have kind of been in the depths of just honestly, not even knowing what my life is anymore. Um, I really lost myself over the last seven months and I could probably drag this story out for two hours with everything I've been through but I'm going to kind of shorten it for a podcast episode and hit all of the important parts. So pretty much, uh, last year, those of you who followed me on Instagram, you know, would remember I got COVID last February, a year ago, very, very, very bad COVID, like in my bed for three weeks, begging my husband to just shoot me and take me out. Um, he wouldn't, which was annoying, but it was very, very rough. Like that COVID that kind of just took people out. Right. And after that, um, a couple, you know, a month or so went by, I was like, okay, I'm slowly kind of getting myself back after that illness. And I never fully quite recovered from the fatigue. And I always had like a shit taste in the back of my mouth. Like randomly when I would eat things, I would have like a weird shit taste in the back of my mouth. And I've heard a few people say, oh yeah, that's a thing. That's, you know, COVID after math. And, um, my fatigue never really came like, Um, what am I saying? I never had energy again. My fatigue was really bad, but I kept pushing through. Yeah. Hoping Mm -hmm. that it would just go away. Exactly. And, and because I'm like, okay, I'm a mom. I have a newer baby. Like Axel was just, you know, wasn't that old. Um, and I really just thought like, well, of course I'm tired. I have a hundred kids. And so I kind of just kept going through life. Those of you who know me and follow me personally, like, you know, burn boot camp was my jam. I went there every day. It was my thing. I worked out every day. I hustled. My life was very, very, very go, go, go. And so, um, I really kept pushing myself, but I could, like, I never had any other symptoms. I never had anything happen to me. I just was tired all the time. And I used to be a person that would wake up after six hours of sleep and have all the energy in the world. And I could go, go, go all day. And even was a night owl. I mean, I used to work in the restaurant, would work doubles, still had energy when I got home. Like I was a freak. I mean, you know, 
You always did have energy, especially with a million kids and running everyone everywhere and working and doing all the things. Totally. You never seemed like bothered by the whole thing. No. And so then um, five months later, I got COVID again at the end of July. And I never told anybody. Um, We were like going on our really huge family trip to Bear Lake here in Utah. Um, Actually, it's in Idaho and Utah. I don't know. Bear Lake's like both Idaho. Bear Lake. Look it up if Um, you don't know. Bear Lake, whatever. And I started to not feel good, um, a couple of days before we were supposed to leave. And I actually thought I was detoxing from, uh, an IV that we did. We did like one of those mobile IV places. And, um, and I started to not feel good later that night, but before that, even before they came, I mean, I was like top notch, like nothing was wrong with me. Worked out that day, went to the, pick up my groceries, all the things I thought I was detoxing from this IV. And, um, my husband was totally fine, all the things. And I was like, I called the guy and I'm like, can you detox from this? Like, I do not feel good. Something's wrong with me. And he's like, no, you should just feel better. And, um, he's like, I wonder if you're getting sick. And I'm like, that's crazy. I was fine. Um, and so we were supposed to leave in two days from this. Um, actually just like the next day, we had, and then we we're going to leave the next morning after that. So I had like 24 hours to figure out why am I feeling this way? And one of my neighbors had like an at-home COVID test and she gave it to my husband. She's like, just see if she has COVID for kicks. And I'm like, whatever. I don't have COVID. Like I, I felt sick, but I felt like I just kind of had like a really bad cold kind of flu situation. Yeah. So, so we took the test. Of course it was positive. I'm like, oh shit. Like, what do you even do with this? I'm fine. I'm fine. It's COVID. I popped some Dayquil got through the next day. We loaded up the camper. It was a camping trip, right? Um, loaded up the camper. I mean, I was just popping Dayquil and ibuprofen. I'm like, no, I'm, I, I got this. And, uh, I did, I went to Bear Lake and after a couple of days, even at Bear Lake of some Dayquil and ibuprofen, like I felt fine. I was fine. Right. Um, so of course I come home and I get back to my busy life, right? Go, go, go work out every day, whatever. This is kind of like a weird part of the story, um, but very important. So later that week that we got home, I was shaving my bikini area as you do in August. Well, yeah. That's, um, bikinis out. You got to shave, right? <laughs> <laughs> Keep that badge cleaned up. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> which is almost like spit or drink out. Um, and so after I had Axel, I had kind of like one of my lymph nodes or something down there kind of got pinched between like ligaments. I don't know. The OB said it was fine. And I had like this little lump down there ever since the baby. And he checked it. He's like, no, sometimes it can get like calcified or whatever. And it's really just cosmetic at this point. So I'm like, okay, cool. So now we fast forward to me cutting myself, shaving my bikini area on that stupid little bump. I've never done that before. And I was like, oh shit. You know, like when you cut your leg shaving, but you keep going and it just hurts for a second. So I didn't think anything of it. Slapped my yoga pants on, worked out every day. Weirdly in this week, I got some sort of like skin infection, what they're thinking, right? Maybe from the sweat of working out mixed with that, you know, nicking myself down there, whatever. Mm -hmm. And woke up like five days later with a giant ass lump in my groin, like woke up being like, shit, I have like cancer. Like, yeah. What the hell is this? Yes. And so I immediately called my OB. I'm like, something's wrong with me. He gets me in later that day. He checks out. He's like, okay, you got the skin infection. I'm hundred percent guarantee. Um, 
and it went to the gland, your gland that's down there. Mm -hmm. And, um, no, I mean, this is TMI, but this is not, we're not talking inside of me people. This is outside on my skin, like in between, in my groin area, like in between where you would shave. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Like leg and private. Right. Um, and so he slaps me on like an antibiotic and he's like, cause I wasn't feeling very good either. And so he slaps me on an antibiotic. He's like, okay, this should heal up in a couple of days. You should feel better by the end of the week. Keep me posted. Well, that didn't happen. I kept getting like worse and worse and worse. Now this was the first weekend of September. So I had a girl's trip planned with my daughters for my birthday that my husband sent us on and, um, gorgeous hotel, like Swiss days weekend in Midway, Utah, just a really fun, like girly craft weekend. Right. Um, and I'm like, hell no, I'm going, I was like hobbling around this thing hurts so bad in my groin. I was popping so much ibuprofen, you guys, and just hobbling my way through this trip. And of course, Instagram, because we're fake as fuck, Right. right. You're not going to tell anyone like I've got, <laughs> I've oh. got a problem in my groin. No, you're going to like throw oh. on a smile and say like, this is the best trip ever. Right. Exactly. And did I have fun with my girls? Yes. But was I in excruciating pain the whole time hobbling around popping 800 ibuprofen every freaking six hours? Yes. And so, um, so on Instagram, I post about this weekend and all the things, and this is kind of what brings me to like why I disappeared from social media. Right. So I post that. So a lot, there's a lot of confusion where people are like, Oh, what? Like, I thought you were fine because why right, we yeah. still post all the good shit on our Instagram page. Of course. Yeah. So I, that Saturday night I was up in the hotel. I'm not even kidding you. Like I thought I was about to die. Like my body was burning. I was having high fevers, but I wasn't detecting them because I was popping so much ibuprofen that it was masking it. Right. Um, But my body was burning all night long. Like I laid awake all night long thinking, oh my God, do I need to call an ambulance? Like I'm here with my teenage daughters who cannot even drive me back down a Canyon, get me to a hospital, whatever. Um, I felt very unwell. Like I knew something was wrong with my body. And so the next morning I get up and I look down there and I'm like, holy shit. So this thing that never got better on this antibiotic, like went abscess. And I didn't know you could have an abscess on your body. Like I, I've only heard of people getting like tooth abscesses. Yeah. Like an abscess tooth. Yeah. Yeah. And I've never even had one of those. And so I hurried and called my OB and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm dying. Like something's wrong with me. My body is burning inside. And I don't mean burning like hot. I'm talking like burning sensations going across my chest. And like, I just felt really, really sick. And so he's like, okay, that is an abscess. And he kind of walked me through like, um, this is so gross, but like naturally draining it, like sits back Uh and hot, you know, warm compress and da, 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 da. And he's like, Oh yeah. Like, I don't listen. I love my OB, but I'm like, I don't know if this is just being a male and they're just like, yeah, walk it off. Like, I don't know. He, yeah. I don't think he was really understanding, like, and comprehending how sick I felt. Um, so he kind of just made it seem like, Oh yeah. In a couple of days, you should feel so much better. Well, I didn't, of course it's like, I drove my ass home for over an hour, like in excruciating pain. I called my husband. I'm like, you need to stop at Walgreens and grab this, this, and this. I have to take care of this like God awful situation down under. And, um, doctor says I should be feeling better after I do this. 
He goes and gets all the stuff. We meet back home. This is the best part of the story. Okay. So Mark at this point is ready, getting ready to go on a guy's trip now, oh, an man. overnight camping guy's trip. So I get home. He's like, I am not leaving you. I can't leave you. Like you are so sick. And I'm like, no, we'll be fine. I just need some sits backs. Like anybody that knows me, like I don't go to the doctor. I don't have health issues. I don't, right. I, I just don't we'll take care of it at home. It's going to be fine. Right. Even my kids, I'm like, unless you're actually dying, like I, I'm not going to go like spend. We're not going in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, no, 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 you're going on this trip. You're going on this trip. So he leaves and goes on it like against his will. I like made him go because there were other people waiting on him. Right. And I'm kind of like, you know, okay, I'm just going to take it easy. I'm going to door dash some food. My big girls are gone. I'm here with the littles. I felt really, really hungry. So I door dashed some slim chickens, right? Mm-hmm. This restaurant in Utah is delicious. And it shows up here and I'm like, yeah. And I like take a bite and I instantly throw up. Oh. And then I start feeling like very, very, like my body starts kind of like shaking and I have a burning sensation just going through my entire body. And I check my temperature and I had 104 temperature and I'm like, Oh my God. Like I went like, this isn't just like, I think I have the flu. Like I actually was like, I think I'm dying. Like, I don't really understand what's happening to me. I feel like I'm dying. Yeah. My body is definitely going through something right now for sure. Yes. And so to a point where I was like, this is so weird. Like I threw up in my bathroom, um, TMI, but I came out and then I instantly fainted. Oh man. And so no, like in front of my five-year-old, like Hazel was so freaked out when I came to, I'm like, honey, just go get mommy's phone. Just get, I need you to get mommy's phone. My neighbor is an, a nurse. So I call her and, um, she works at Lone Peak hospital and I was bawling my eyes out, like so scared. I had no idea what was happening to me. The only time Brittany ever faints is like when I'm given blood. Right. Um, <laughs> That I know it's coming. I'm like, I'm going, see ya. But this was just something different. And so I call her and I'm crying and she like, can't even understand what I'm saying. And so I just, I just kept saying like, please, are you home? Come to my house. I need you to come to my house. So she comes over and I kind of explain to her like what's happening. And she's like, honey, listen, I think that you're starting to show signs of maybe going sepsis. Like it's, I'm really nervous. Like, can I take you to the hospital where I work? And I'm just like, no, this is like too dramatic. Like I just, like, I am not the one who's like, call 911. Right. SOS. Like, but when I knew something was wrong with me and I just looked at her and I said, yeah, I need to go. And we called another neighbor and she came and got my kids and she rushed me down there. Okay. They slit that sucker open down in my groin numbing does not work on an abscess PS. And so like, imagine somebody's just slitting your vag parts open with no numbing. I think all of the hospital probably thought they were like amputating me with no sedation. Like I, what, what is wrong with that lady? She's just screaming. No, I was like, I didn't even know I could make sounds like that. And oh, man. so my neighbor, I'm not going to use her names for, you know, privacy purposes, but she I said, can you stay in here with me? Like my husband has no service. He has no idea. I'm even going to the hospital, nothing. And so I said, can you stay with me? Like I was so scared. And she's like holding a rag over my head. She looks in my eyes. She's like, this is not going to feel good. I need to warn you. And she just squeezes my hands 
and like keeps the rag on my head. And she's like, I want you to, she knew he was going to slip me open. Right. She's like, I want you to just like breathe, keep breathing and like squeeze me if you need. Anyway. So I got through that. They like doped me up with some shit, shot something in my hip and then put me on like a heavier antibiotic backdrum. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Like a lot of people take backdrum for UTIs. Yeah. It's a fairly common mm-hmm. antibiotic. I am allergic to it. Oh man. So without knowing, without knowing, yeah. without knowing. Oh, shit. And so they put me, start me on this and they're like, you need to also finish the other antibiotic. You still have a couple days on from the OB, right? Oh, that's interesting. Yes. So I'm doubled up on antibiotics. I have no idea that Bactrim is about to affect me the way it did. And, um, but, but I, but I'm hopped up on, you know, Percocets or some shit. And, and I was like, okay, I'm loopy. I'm ready to go home. I'm over this, whatever. I'm going to take this antibiotic for a week and I am going to be solid. So I get back home. Mark finds a text message like the next morning, um, gets service is like, shit, we got to go like shuts down the trip, rushes home. Um, and, and we're kind of in this place where we're like, okay, this is over with. Like, I literally thought I have an infection going through my body from this growing thing and I'm going to take an antibiotic and I'm going to get better. Yeah. You're going to take the medicine and everything will be fine. Yeah. And so two days into it, um, actually I'm like, okay, I I'm going to drive the car. Like I had to take, um, I, I was supposed to go to the OB to have like the gauze they impacted and stuff like, uh-huh. taken out. and so I, Mark's like, Are, can you drive? And I'm like, no, nah, I'll be fine. Like I drove the whole way to midway and back. Like I'll be fine. And I get in the car and I'm just feeling really weird, but I thought, Eh, whatever. It's probably the antibiotic. And so I start driving down the road and everything just starts spinning girl. Like, I mean, cars, I was seeing double of cars. I made it maybe five minutes down the road by one of a, a coffee shop by our house. And I called Mark and I'm like, something's wrong with me. I don't think I can drive. And he's like, babe, you need to, can you like turn around or do I have to come get you? And I'm like, no, I'll make it home. Right. Like tough Brittany's. Yeah. Always- like I'll tough it out. I'll get home. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I flip around in the coffee shop and I'm like, I need to call the OB's office and let them know I'm not coming. So I call and my, and my nurse is actually one of my friends who works there. And, um, I'm like, girl, something's wrong with me. I'm really dizzy. Like, I don't, I can't drive. And she's like, okay. And she's like, I'm going to have to tell you how to remove this at home, but you can do it. And I'm like, okay, cool girl, I'm driving. And she's like talking to me and I just can feel myself. I'm like, I'm going to pass out in traffic, in fucking traffic. Oh man. I come to a red light. I'm behind two cars and I'm on the phone with my nurse friend. And I'm like, I don't want to use her name either, but I'm like, girl, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to faint. And and I know what it feels like to faint. I'm a fainter. Yeah. Right. But this is different. I'm like, I'm going to pass out. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And she's like, are you serious? And I'm like, I'm going to pass out. I'm going to pass out. I just kept saying it. And she's like, can you get over? Can you put your car in a park? And I'm like, I'm in the middle of traffic. Like I start panicking and every, all of my senses are just going. So she gets me over to the side of the road, very unsafe. Like I am not, I'm in a turning lane <laughs> and, and I hit it into park and I go out fainted oh. in the car. So she's still on the phone. So she's like, you know, I come to after however long, I don't even know. 
and I'm scrambling for my phone. So obviously I drop it and I just, I'm panicking. And she's like, I need you to hang up and call Mark. I need you to hang up and call Mark. I, I, I hang, he can't even understand me. Like I'm legit, I'm like legitimately like losing my shit right in the car. Cause I'm so scared at what just happened and I'm panicking. So he like gets on find my friends, like finds me rides a bike down the road. Luckily I was like a on, bicycle, a bicycle because he he's like, how am I going to like, yeah. How am I going to get two cars home? Yeah. And my neighbor's like, why would you not just call a neighbor? But it's, I don't know. It's Mark. He just Batman it over to, <laughs> I don't even know, put his tape on and shows up on a bike and drives me home. And the vertigo that I experienced in the car ride home was like God awful. Like if anyone's ever had vertigo out there, you know, like it's of the devil. Yeah. It's horrible. And so I was laid out the entire, like next four days in my bed with like vertigo, um, really weird stuff. Like my heart was having palpitations. Every time I stood up, I would have to faint. My knees would buckle underneath me. Like I, I, I couldn't even use my muscles. Like my brain, if I can describe this, the only way I know how is to say like, it was glitching out. I was having hallucinations. I would, and now listen, I did not take the, like, I think they sent me home with like oxycodone or whatever. Okay. I don't like pain pill. Like I don't, my body doesn't do well with them. And so I didn't, I don't even take this shit. So I wasn't hallucinating from like any of that. Like that's why now the doctors are like, Oh, like I, you cannot have Bactrim. Like you're allergic to that. (laughs) Yeah. You're having a weird reaction, a crazy reaction to it. I was calling my OB. I was calling the hospital's pharmacy, talking to the pharmacist. I was trying to talk to the hospital. I'm like, something's wrong with me. Like when nobody was listening to me, nobody was listening to me. I was was like, no, you'll be fine. Yeah. It was like, okay, well, if you stop this one, we'll have to put you on something else and you'll have to start all over again. I'm like, you don't understand. Like something's wrong with me. Yeah. Something is going on. Yeah. Yeah. My brain would have these like zaps in it. Like I, I can't even describe that. Like I was hallucinating. I was having, I wasn't sleeping. The insomnia was so bad, which definitely can't help with hallucinations. No. So this is kind of how I lived on the week of backdrum. Right. And then the last day on the antibiotic was actually my birthday. So we're at September 11th now. And Um, I actually started like feeling a little normal. Like I had a couple days of feeling like normal. So I thought, okay, well this antibiotics getting out of my system, like cool. I'm going to go back to normal, whatever. It's also my daughter's birthday, right? We have the same birthday. So my mom heart is like, I can't not give her a birthday. Are you kidding? But I feel like shit. Yeah. And I've been through this trauma and all this stuff. And so I, I just like, store delivery, all this stuff to give her a birthday at our house. And then my husband's like, do we want to try to go out to eat? Like, how do you feel? And I'm like, yeah, let's try it. You know? So oh my again, gosh. if this doesn't say like, this is a total mom thing of like, I will just power through, like I'm dying, but I'll power through. Like, we'll just oh, be fine. Yeah. We'll do it oh, for the kids. Yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Um, yeah. So here's another problem with it. Right. Is like, then of course on Instagram, what am I posting? the good, the birthday, the whatever. Um, so yeah, it's like, again, I, ah, I, I almost was mad at myself. I'm like, I'm a part of this freaking fraudulent lifestyle. (laughs) 
(laughs) I know it's so hard to find that fine line. And what we, we need to have like an episode about that because there there's a fine line of like, I find myself of like, well, one, I don't want to be like an oversharer too. Like, I think we worry about like, oh, are we being dramatic and people are going to see it that way. And so we only post the good. We only post the good, right? Exactly. And and I have like a complex with kind of being like, woe is me. I'm sick, you know? Right. So anyway, yeah, that was kind of some of my last post on there. Now, after this, I had a couple of good days. I legitimately thought, okay, I'm getting back to normal. And then hell broke loose. It was like randomly, um, that next Friday. So like September 16th, right. Five days later, I had to take my daughter to work and I'm driving her to work because earlier that week I went to the dentist. I took my kids to the orthodontist. I was like, cool. I'm getting back to normal. I went on a birthday sister dinner girls night that Monday. So of course I get in the car and drive my daughter to work on Friday. And as I'm driving back home, now this is just a couple minutes down the road, I get to a red light and I feel that God awful feeling again of I'm going to faint. Oh man. And I pull myself over now and I call Mark and I'm like, holy shit. I am so lightheaded. Something is wrong with me. I feel like I'm going to pass out again. And he's like, can you make it home? And I'm like, I am right outside of the neighborhood. I, I have to make it home. So I kind of sat there on the side of the road, took a, now this time I wasn't like in hardcore traffic. Like I made the left turn out of that light when I had those feelings and then pulled mm-hmm. over on the side street. So I take a few deep breaths. I drive myself home, but I am feeling super weird, super, super weird. And I make it into my driveway and I bust it in the park. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to pass out. I get out of my car and just sit on the ground. I couldn't even pull my car in the driveway in the garage. I mean, And I called Mark and I'm like, you need to come out here. You need to come out here. He comes out. He like helps me into the house. He pulls the car in. I go down for four days again with massive vertigo, massive vertigo, nausea. Everything was so bad. So at that point I'm like, something's wrong with me. I think maybe I have like the crystals out of my ears. Like I'm having all this vertigo Yeah. all in ENT. We get into a vertigo specialist. Um, (laughs) we go see this ENT. She's like, here's some effects, sir. You probably have vestibular migraines. You probably had vestibular neuritis from your infection. Now, if you're like me and you don't know what your vestibular system is, because before this, I had no clue of what that word even was. Your vestibular system is where your inner ear connects to your brain. And it is the, the balance center, right? Where your eyes, your ears, and your balance all work together, right? Mm-hmm. And so here's Brittany stumbling around for another week, like running into walls, like dizzy, vertigo. It was just the weirdest. And it wasn't vertigo like the room is spinning. It was vertigo like I'm moving, but the room is, is still. Oh, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. So that's how you kind of know it's not even your ear crystals, but I didn't know that. So we go to the ENT. She's like, it's not your ear crystals. You have vestibular, you have a vestibular loss. So at this point, I'm kind of like loss, a loss. Let me tell you something here. And if anybody is a doctor out there, I apologize to you, but like doctors have fucking failed me (laughs) through all of this. I know they have a purpose and a job and all of the things. And the ENT is just doing her job. However, I'm not even going to say all doctors. I'm just saying the doctors I worked with through these, the ENT world, okay, have mm-hmm. 
she legitimately looked at me and said, yeah, you can get on Effexor, which is an antidepressant. That's what most of my patients do because it suppresses the dizziness and whatever. And I'm like, it suppresses the dizziness. Yes. An antidepressant. It suppresses your vestibular system. And yes. And so she also proceeds to tell me, I'm like, well, what if I don't like being on it? If I have side effects or whatever, she's like, oh, you can just stop taking it. Affects her. If anyone knows what affects her is like I do now, you cannot cold turkey that shit. That is one of the hardest antidepressants to come off of with some of the gnarliest side effects coming off of it. So, um, at this point, she kind of recommended me to a vestibular therapist. Cause I'm like, no, I don't need an antidepressant. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm not going to go do that. That's crazy. I went to a vestibular therapist, which I didn't know was a thing. And I go in there and meet with her long story short. She kind of does all these tests with me. And she came to the conclusion, like I have a vestibular loss in my left side. Now they can't diagnose you, right? Everybody's just like, you might have Meniere's disease. You might have this, you might have labyrinthitis. You so might like have- no real answers to anything. No. And if you look into the vestibular world, there's no answers for anything. And everybody will attest to this. Like they don't get answers. You don't, you have to advocate for yourself and learn off of other people. So it's and just so- kind of the run around of like, it could be this, it could be that. And you're left going, okay, yes. now I have to try all these things to see what it is. Exactly. So here's the kicker, you guys, this is now about the middle of September until the end of October. This was my life. Dizziness. Um, my head, like I felt like I was going insane actually insane. Like my brain, it like, it makes me emotional because it's some of the scariest shit. Like I've ever felt like I would walk around my house holding my head and just saying like, I think I'm going crazy because like, I I knew like I was going to like get emotional, but like wits saw me through some of this and like, that shit was bad. Huh? <laughs> it was hard to see you like that. You, it was, you were a totally different person, like totally different. Like the Brit that we all know is the 1950s housewife, right? Like the do it all wears the apron, like loves to clean her house. Like and showing up one day and having you be like literally a like, human. Yeah. Like just so completely down and like you, like, I can't even explain it. Like I, I literally was like shocked to my core. Like Wit took one look at me and like, I lost 30 pounds through all of this because the nausea was so bad. Like I couldn't eat food and like everything made me so sick. And I was so dizzy nonstop. There was never a moment I wasn't dizzy. And then my head felt like it was just going to explode. Like I had so much pressure. My ears were bothering me all the time. Like I constantly felt like you're in an airplane and your ears won't like pressurize correctly or whatever that Yes. Yeah. They like don't pop to don't pop. Yeah. And so, um, I always felt like that the brain fog I had was so bad. You guys, like I couldn't remember things. Like I, 
I didn't know what I was ever doing. Like I was sitting and just staring at the wall sometimes. Like I kept saying to Mark, like, I think maybe I'm having like a psychotic break. Like as funny as that may sound, like I couldn't explain what was happening to me. Um, and yeah, just, I, I, I kind of have to condense this because I really can't even explain the hell. Also, I was not sleeping. I had insomnia every night, every night. Like I, listen, I don't even understand. Like I was a person who would like hit the bed and be asleep. And even if I slept for six hours, like I said, I would like pop back up and have energy. I couldn't sleep. And this wasn't like insomnia of where you're like, oh, I'm uncomfortable, I'm pregnant and you know, whatever. This was right. mass insomnia of like, I would lay awake all night and just feel crazy. If I shut my eyes, I would have like, my brain would have like zaps in it. Like I can't even, I don't even know how to explain what was happening. And so I would lay awake all night and I, and I texted my, um, my friend Katie and my nurse friend. It's okay. <laughs> and I, I kind of like talked with her, like, what can I get on? Like I'm having panic attacks. The panic attacks were so bad, so bad. You guys, I have never had a panic attack in my life. And I was having them multiple times all day, every single day, like scary panic attacks. Like I couldn't be alone. Like I would just like Ryan Mark's arms and just be like, I want to die. Like, I just want to die. Like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I legitimately felt like I didn't even know who I was. Like, it was, I didn't understand what was happening to my brain. Um, and I would just beg him. And I started getting so suicidal, so suicidal that I was like, I need something. I need help. And so, um, I got prescribed some Xanax, very low dose Xanax. Um, and I understood why people get addicted to Xanax. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like that shit, that first pill hit me. And I was like, Oh, like, is this what it feels like to not have anxiety? Yeah. Finally some relief. But the problem is, is it was such a low dose of Xanax that I would have to take like multiple of them a day and I would take them to get to sleep for maybe two hours. And then I would wake up at like 3 a.m. every night and just shoot out of my bed and have a full blown panic attack. I would go from like sleeping on Xanax to shooting up and, and screaming in my bed. Like, oh, man, screaming, as soon as it's like out of your system. I, oh my God. Like Mark would shoot up and be like, thinking I, someone was attacking, like it was just insanity. Um, and so I did the Xanax thing for a little bit and then I started getting so depressed and so suicidal with like, I legitimately was like planning things. Like I was like, okay, I'm gonna just go to the overpass of Bangor highway and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna jump. And I would have thoughts of going up into my closet and like getting Mark's gun. And like, I was really, I thought I'm just going to go like ram my car into a pole. Like this is really hard for me to share, but like for anyone out there that is like going through depression or suicidal thoughts. Oh my God. Like I just, my heart breaks for people going through that. Like I never have felt that before. 
And I would just cry to Mark. And I was like, I'm going to die. Like, I think I'm going to die. And uh, I... I decided at that point, like, maybe I need to try an antidepressant. Real quick, were you already, were you taking the one prescribed to you by that one or had you no. quit cold turkey? No, I I didn't even take that. Okay, so you did like some research no. and didn't take that one at all. Okay, no. okay. Because back then I was like, I don't need an antidepressant. I'm not depressed. I'm not depressed. <laughs> right. But then through all of the Xanax and the not sleeping and the, oh, yeah. and just my life, like every day I lived feeling like I was mental. Like my brain was so destroyed. Um, well, and everything on top of that. And then the no sleep has like, have got to put you over the edge for sure. Exactly. So I decided, okay, like, I think I might need to try an antidepressant because I am actually going into depression now. And this was about the beginning of um, October, maybe the middle of October. So I decided it was time to get on an antidepressant and they put me on one called Celexa. And listen, I research everything because I'm not someone that puts anything into my body. Right. A very holistically driven person. Um, I'm very like sensitive to meds, all the things. And so I research all of this. I've asked friends. I mean, I even reached out to wit. I'm like, do you know anybody on Celexa? You know? <laughs> um, and lots of people, I mean, I really, it's like so many people I know are on antidepressants and I don't like fault that at all. I don't yeah, I think, no judgment here. No judgment. No, this isn't even, I mean, I was to a point where I was like, okay, I need something. Whereas before I just never needed help with depression. Right. I always had anxiety, never as bad as I did now. And I always kind of was like, I need some anxiety help, but I knew that wasn't, you know, anyway. So I got on some Celexa. And everybody that, you know, was like, oh yeah, that's a good one. Da, da, da. I plummeted so low after 11 days on this. And everyone's like, you've got to give it time to kick in. It can take months. Again. I was like, I don't have months. I don't have minutes. Right. But I was so low. I wasn't eating food. Like wit. I could have been in a freaking mental institution. Like, I'm not kidding. Like I remember one time sitting at my counter and Mark was beside me and, and, and we were having like chili or something for dinner. And he's like, baby, you have to eat. Like I was a twig. Like I got on the scale and I weighed 118 pounds. Oh man. 118 pounds. Right. Like compared to the 140 I started at, <laughs> I was at 140. I had, after I lost some of the baby weight, I had a good, really good muscle tone from working out. Like that's a lot of weight to drop in a couple of months. Yeah, it is. That is a lot. And, 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 and my body type, like you can look at me and tell, like, I, I remember when you walked into my house that day and you were like, yeah, like, we're shocked. I was, I absolutely was. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember sitting at the counter and Mark, the bowl of food was in front of me and I just would stare. I, on this Alexa, like I would just sit and stare 
and I wouldn't talk to anybody and I just would stare and I was just very out of it. And he was like, baby, you have to eat something. Can you just take a bite? Like, I remember him trying to like spoon feed me a bite of chili and I just shoved the spoon away. Like my body was like repulsing, like rejecting food. Like everything was repulsive to me. Mm-hmm. And, and I just pushed the bowl away and I just started crying. And then I went into like a full blown panic attack. Like I was having panic attacks every single day, unless I was popping a Xanax, even on the antidepressant, I was having panic attacks. So I made it 11 days and I was like, I'm going to die. Like I'm actually going to die. Yeah. Like, this is not helping at all. Wait, I felt so out of control. I'm a very in controlled person, right? Like I'm scheduled go, go, go. I have all my things. I'm someone who can multitask on ridiculous levels. Mm-hmm. I can be driving my kids to appointments, making a mental grocery list in my head, making an Instagram video talk. You know, like, right. Do yes. Things. We're doing all the things. Yeah. And I, and I, and I was sitting here and it was like, I couldn't even I, like, I, I just looked around and was like, okay, I'm looking at my family, but everybody felt like I was in a weird fake dream world. And what I know now is I was having like extreme dissociation and dissociation. Okay. Okay, These are like real things. Like you can get it when you have extreme anxiety, you get it with vestibular migraines. So what I know now, I was in nonstop vestibular migraines, which are migraines that aren't the painful migraines that okay. they can come with pain, but a lot of the times there's no pain associated with it. So you think migraine and you're like, Oh, dark room, all the things. Yes. Stabular migraines causes, you can look this up. The symptoms are insane. Nausea, vertigo, dizziness, um, light sensitivity, sound sensitivity, um, disorientation, disrealization. Like literally I went on to I, I am not a groups person. And I went on to like dust it off my Facebook and went in there and got on like a vestibular support group. Cause I was like, I have to understand what the hell's happening with me. Yeah. Oh my God. Thousands of people, thousands of people are on this thing, describing my life, describing symptoms of what I'm going through, describing these feelings. And I was like, oh, what? This is a thing. Oh my gosh. There's like the dizzy cook. All right. If you've ever heard of the dizzy cook, she's huge on Instagram. She's like this girl who like figured out vestibular migraines with like diet help, you know, whatever. So anyway, this is a real world out there. I had no idea about. So I, the same. that's crazy. I told Marcus that I have to get off this antidepressant. I'm going to die. I have to, there has to be help for me. There has to be another way. It can't just be shoving freaking pills down my throat. This isn't okay. This isn't working for me. Right. And, um, I had a neighbor who's like, listen, I have an herbalist. I don't know if you're open to that. I'm like, I will eat anything. Shit to yeah. like, I don't even like, I am yes. desperate. And so I went to this herbalist, bless this miracle of a person in my life. Now I am at now over two months of not sleeping. Okay. Insomnia is so bad that I was breaking down every day, crying to Mark. Like, I don't even know how I was still physically alive from the lack of sleep. It was insane. So, um, I go to this herbalist. Now we are in November. Okay. I go to this herbalist. I cold Turkey, this Celexa cold Turkey. I'm like 11 days. I'm on 10 milligrams. Screw this shit. Nothing's going to make me feel worse than what I already do right now. Yeah. Quit taking it. People are like, you can't do that. Oh, oh, PS. 
I met with another ENT. Okay. One of the biggest ENTs in the Valley. What does he say to me? He, He listens to my story for about five minutes. He's like, okay, yeah obviously like, okay, you need some Topamax, you need Imatrex. And I want to put you on a prednisone for five days. And I looked at him and I just started crying. And I was like, that's it. That's it. He's like, yeah, you might have Meniere's disease. Well, Google Meniere's disease. That shit's scary. Oh, death from it. You have spells of vertigo out of nowhere and freaking fall to the ground. Like you lose your hearing. Like, no. Okay. Thank you for that. They don't have answers. So like, I mean, no disrespect, but when I tell you that these doctors have like legitimately failed me, you're going in there advocating for yourself being like, I think this is what's going on. They're like, yeah, it's probably what's going on. Yeah. You just need an antidepressant. Then he looks at me, he's like, um, Topamax can give, you know, cause is it kidney stones or something? He's like, so make sure you drink lots of water. And I looked at him and I just started crying. And I'm like, that's all you have for me. Like more pills with more side effects. And yeah. I left that office and I was like, nope, there's got to be a different way. So it brings me to the herbalist. I come to the herbalist. Yeah. This guy is like some voodoo shit. I mean, he's like muscle testing my feet. Right. I'm like, all right, whatever. You can play with my toes. If you tell me what's wrong with me, and <laughs> you can lick him if you want at that point. I don't even care. Suck on my toes. Tell me what I need. <laughs> um, I can laugh about this now, but like I was legitimately in his office, like on the floor crying, like so dizzy, like help me. I need help. And he put me on this whole regimen with of these herbs that got me sleeping again, that I, he, he had like tinctures and you know what tink, little tinctures are like the, the oils, like the things you put in your ear, like uh-huh. they're like the liquid, right? Like Dr. Christopher's, like he had me putting shit in my ears, like drops every night. I was like, you want me to put one in my ears? He's like, trust me. Um, healing shit. Right. And I was like, okay, I'm desperate. He got me sleeping again. He got my ears like under control, feeling a lot better. Um, he sat there and fiddled with my toes and muscle tested. And he was like, you're allergic to sugar and I need you to get off of dairy. Oh man. Yeah. He like told me these things about my body and he, he was like, are you, you're allergic to cigarette smoke all by touching my feet and like muscle testing. And I was like, how do you know this? Cause I am, I can't handle cigarette smoke at all. It kills me anyway. So I'm like, I'm going to listen to this guy. That was magical. And, um, so I did, he got me off of sugar and dairy and then put me on all this stuff. So now we fast forward to December and every day is different. I mean, this story doesn't even do my life justice because every single day I'm symptomatic with some weird shit all day long with no relief. However, I was starting to sleep again and everything he was teaching me was like, listen, your body is like under attack right now. Your nervous system is shot. You can't not sleep for three, two months and then sleep for a couple nights and think you're going to get better. Like, right. going to take time. He was like, you were definitely allergic to that back drum. It's like sulfates or something. I don't know um, that I'm allergic to, but he said, your brain took extreme like trauma from all of the antibiotics, all of the ibuprofen you were shoving in your face, probably all of the infection that went through your body, like all of this stuff. Right. 
And he's like, that's going to affect your brain like very bad. Your blood brain barrier, your gut is completely destroyed. Anyway, so I started learning a lot about like the insides of my body, the gut brain connection, all of these things. He put me on like routines I've never been on. He's like, I don't want you on your phone two hours before bed or even looking at a screen. I want you in dim lighting. I want you taking Epsom salt baths right before bed. And then I want you in dim lighting. I want your room as black as it can be. I want you sleeping on a grounding mat. Have you heard of this? Only from you. So I sleep on a giant ass king size earthing mat. And earthing is like what all the really like hippie yogis are out in the grass and the the nature, like getting one with the earth. Yeah. That shit's real. Okay. And I was never that person before. And so a grounding mat is like, okay, we live in Utah in the winter. You're not going to go out and get grounded to the earth right now. Yeah. We're not taking our socks and shoes off and standing on the ground. Yeah. So like, look into this, right? Like there's healing power in this. It's crazy. Like my mother-in-law got a grounding mat. It got her sleeping again. I mean, there's some crazy shit here. So anyway, I'm like, whatever, do it, do it, do it. I'm doing all these things. I started sleeping again, December. I'm like, okay, I'm having some days where I don't feel as dizzy. And so I'm thinking that I'm kind of like getting a hold on some of this. Um, one of the big pieces I left out here that is really key to this story, you guys is like everyone that knows me, right? Like I'm really social. Mm-hmm. I thrive off of social. I am very active. Obviously I was going to burn boot camp every day. Like there's no working out while you're going through this. Of course. Right. Um, and I think I just kept thinking like, okay, I'm going to get better. And then as soon as I'm better, I'm going to get back to that. I mean, I'm going to get my life back. Right. Happening is anytime I would go into public, I would have massive panic attacks. I would walk into a place. Okay. I would walk into the vestibular therapist's office and there was like two receptionists at the desk and I'd have a panic attack. I would try to go up to the grocery store and this is not with me driving. People had to drive me everywhere. My neighbor is a literal angel in my life. I won't use names, but she is like an angel to me. She drove me everywhere to appointments, everywhere I needed to go when Mark was at work. If Mark was home, he drove me everywhere, the kids everywhere. Um, but I would walk into places and try to go to the store and I'd have a panic attack and I would have to leave the store and go back in the car and go home. I could not go into public. I tried to go to like the church that I started going to back before COVID hit all the things I couldn't walk in there. I walked in there. I sat down. I went to the bathroom, had a huge panic attack, got the kids and had to go home. I mean, it was so out of character, so out of character. Cause you could literally talk to and you, and you have, you will literally talk to like anyone in the grocery store before you would do anything. So, so out of character. Exactly. So I, I, I want that to be a very key part of the story because like when you, t- when I tell the story, I just, it doesn't do it justice. Like you would have had to be a member of my home and see me every single day. Like Mark was so scared. Like he, he honestly was just like, I don't like he, he felt like he had just lost his wife. Like he didn't even know what to do. He felt so helpless. And anyway, so a big part of me was ripped out. Like I couldn't exercise, which was so huge for me. I couldn't do anything. And so, okay, December, I'm like, okay, I think I'm seeing some light, right? Yeah. Um, we get to 
oh, hold on. I got to tell this. The driving. The driving. I would have days where I would go, I don't think I'm as dizzy today. I'm going to try to drive my car. I would sit in my car and have a massive panic attack and have to come in my house and take a Xanax. Like back in like October, before I saw the herbalist, I'd have to take a Xanax because I'd be panicking so bad from sitting in my car in the garage. So I was like developing some weird, like PTSD of like, when I drive my car, my brain's like, you pass out. Yeah. Physically get in my car and I would have physical feelings of going to faint again. It was like weird trauma. So, um, (laughs) I legitimately had to start therapy and start doing EMDR for like driving trauma. It, okay. So when you live a life where your driving has been taken from you, your exercise, your ability to move your social life, your freedoms have been taken from you. What you guys don't understand is in September and October, I also had to relearn how to walk and balance again without falling over. So there's like a lot of pieces to this puzzle, right? Just crazy. So, um, December, I think, okay, I'm seeing some light. I took myself, you guys, from having panic attacks sitting in my garage to driving my car down the street to driving my car down the road a little bit more. Like I was like, that was my therapy is I would get in my car and drive like one more minute down the road and then turn around. Sometimes I'd get in the car and I would have to pass out and I'd have to stop and someone else would have to drive me back to the house. Sometimes I'd get in my car and I could make it to the destination. So I felt like I was making good strides here. The Wednesday before Christmas, I woke up with massive vertigo again. Oh boy. And I was like, you are fucking kidding me. Like, I can't do this again. Nausea so bad. Christmas was horrible, horrible. Um, I went up to the Instacare the day after Christmas. I said to Mark, something's wrong with me. I can feel my ear. Something's wrong with me. I wanted them to look in my ears. They're like, you have so much buildup in your ears. Like we can't even see your ear canal. So they blast me out at this Instacare with their freaking devil blasters of getting earwax out. And, um, she looks back in my ear after it, like that sends you into like someone threw you off a cliff, like spinning vertigo. So she looks in after I calm down after all of that procedure. And she's like, Oh, you have an ear infection in your left ear. Boom. Gives me amoxicillin and antibiotic again. I just worked so hard to get my gut back and started to feel. And then, and then do you know what a setback this feels like? Yeah. Yeah, it would. And people that are listening, like, this isn't just like, oh, I didn't feel good again. This is like every day. My brain fog is so bad. My fatigue is so bad. My heart is palpitating and like doing weird flips in my chest. It feels like my legs don't work. Sometimes my muscles are very weak. I can't drive my car anywhere past down the road for four minutes, or I'm getting so dizzy and faint feeling. I'm well, and to getting to a point where you're like, okay, I can finally start like doing like I'm taking baby steps in the right direction. I feel like my life is getting a little bit back on track to I'm almost back at square one again. Exactly. Had to have been devastating. So, um, I feel like, yeah, like listening to the story just doesn't even do it justice every day. I was in these vestibular migraines. You kind of feel like, like I, I was living a life being like my family, like things. I feel like I'm in like not real life. Like all those things are still there. They're still there. Right. But now I just went back down into like an ear infection and vertigo again. So I really plummeted and I thought, well, I'm going to take this antibiotic. 
Like I have to, if I you have this ear infection and I feel this shitty, I have to, you guys, it took me another two and a half weeks to come out of full blown vertigo and all the things. And that I felt like I hit mass depression again because it was yeah. such a setback for me. So now we're in January and I have this huge setback, mass depression setting in. I'm like, what do I do? I can't go back to the Xanaxes and to the pills and to all like, it didn't work for me. So I just continue with my stuff with my herbalist. I started seeing an upper cervical chiropractor as well. He helped me tremendously through all of this. My, my Atlas and my C2 were like completely out in my neck. So I did this huge, like 26 treatment plan with him. And I, they were like lasering my brain and like all these things. So it was about January. I started having these episodes where like, I would stand up and pass out again. And it would last for a couple of days and then I'd be fine. I would get these horrific migraines for a week at a time. And then I would be fine. Like it was That's just crazy. Symptoms were all over the place. Like every freaking day was something new and something different. And as soon as you thought you had like a weird, like baseline, it would all go out the window. And I had some days where I would feel like pretty good, not as dizzy. And I was like, I think I'm going to try to start working out again. Very lightly. I would do a workout very light. I'm talking like a 20 minute beach body, like beginners workout. And I would die on my couch for two days after that. Yeah. So it's like not even worth it because you're down for two extra days. My body felt like I had MS or some shit. Like I legitimately thought like I have MS because I couldn't move with, like I couldn't even stand up. My muscles would be so weak. They even did a brain MRI on me. Okay. Which is a whole nother traumatic story in itself. Like if anyone's ever done an MRI, holy shit, when you're claustrophobic, that is not fun. Yeah. Um, and that came back clear, like no lesions or like not worried about MS, but the way my body felt, I'm like, something is wrong with me. So here's the thing. My mother-in-law has had long COVID for years. She's been battling it for two years and we've watched her like the demise of her become a different person. And in January, after all this, like we were vertigo and all this stuff, Mark was sitting at the counter one night and he was like, babe, you have so many of the same things that my mom is going through. Like, I think you might have some like weird long COVID stuff. And I was like, what? No, this is from the backdrop and the infection. And he's like, yeah, you had COVID three weeks before this all happened. So we like started looking into some stuff. We talked to my mother-in-law. She's like, oh girl, yeah, this is, you're explaining my life. Post-exertion malaise. My mother-in-law would like go for a walk and then she couldn't get out of bed for two days. Everything. She's like, I'd walk across my living room and feel like I ran a marathon. And that was happening to me. Yeah. I try to go for a walk outside around the block. Couldn't breathe. Could not breathe. You would have thought I was running and I wasn't. And it was like, I'd have to go sit down for hours. I mean, so we started putting all this together anyway, it's just been hell. And so I got in touch with her functional medicine doctor that she's been working with. And I called him 
because he's been helping her a ton. She's been working with him for six months and she has made so much progress. She is feeling so much better. She's coming out of all of this crazy after COVID shit. And so I said, you know what? I, I need help. I I'm tired of doctors just throwing pills at me. I got to do something. And with my herbalist, like I was still kind of working with him, but I felt like I kind of plateaued because I'm like, at this point, if you can't help me with like weird long COVID shit happening in my body, like I don't, yeah, I need to go a different you route. You can only do what, yeah, what you can do. Yeah. So anyway, I um, started working with him and it's just, it's been a process with like, I, I'm not even doing this story justice, to be honest. Like I have, I have been listening to podcasts on how to overcome anxiety naturally. I am learning so much about brain neuroplasticity and changing your thought patterns, um, which I feel like even my traumas from before that I had and some of my stuff I already struggled with, like they all came out like massive through this. Um, I am like doing therapy, EMDR therapy. I am working with this functional medicine doctor. The amount of blood work I have done in the last month is unlike anything before, like tons of blood work, but he's so thorough. So I give like nine giant ass tubes of blood a couple of weeks ago and all of this blood work comes back. And I'm just like, there's gotta be something wrong with me. Right. Yeah. It's gotta be thyroid or this or that or whatever. Yeah, Something needs um, to show up. Yeah. I have a lot of weird stuff with my blood work that, that came back. Like that is just weird where he's like, I really feel like you have a bacterial infection somewhere in your body. Um, you're showing high levels, really high levels of like ferritin, which is like, I have, um, too much iron. Oh, that's interesting. My body, my, a lot of people are like, your B12 is probably low. My B12 is skyrocketed through the roof high. Oh, what? Right. Yeah. Um, but he, I have absorption issues in my body. So he's like, I really feel like you might have some like leaky gut that affects your blood brain barrier. It can give you like leaky blood brain barrier. Basically. He's like, anyway, this guy is so freaking intelligent in the shit he's doing. And I watched him help my mother-in-law and it's a very slow process. So we do that blood work. My diet's completely changed. I'm off of like gluten, dairy, and sugar. I, what is, what are you eating? (laughs) I'm eating the air. No, I have found ways to eat still. Um, he has me on like these supplements, a lot of high anti-inflammatory shit. Like he's quadrupled a liquid fish oil that I'm taking, like a super high end fish oil. He's tripled my turmeric intake. I want supplements that are like neuroflam, like things that are just for brain inflammation. I'm like doubling vitamin D three with K two. Um, he's putting me on this thing called gabatone. That's like all natural anti-anxiety type stuff because my nervous system shot. Right. And so anytime I even feel a little bit of anxiety with my kids, I get dizzy. I get symptomatic. I get And that was my mother-in-law. She's like, it's the same thing. Well, the more we've learned about this, all this COVID shit, so many people are having vestibular issues after COVID. So many people are having heart palpitations after COVID. So many, and I don't care if you had the vaccine too. People are getting vaccinated. Right. Right. It's the same thing. Well, cause you can, yeah, you can get it no matter if you're vaccinated or not. So, so many people are having these weird things after COVID. So I went on and I joined this long haul Utah, like long haul COVID group. Cause my mother-in-law was on there. She's oh, like, interesting. Some of this stuff. 
Wow. And everything you read from these people, it's what I'm living. And it was so validating. I was like, holy shit, like COVID just fucked me. And I had no idea that's what it was. No, not crazy. Yeah. Perfect storm. COVID mixed with another infection in my body that my body could not fight. Right. Because I was so weakened already from having COVID twice. And then all of the antibiotics, like you can get autotoxicity from meds and from antibiotics and all these things destroys your gut. Anyway, and a lot of people are having like dormant autoimmune issues come out after COVID. So my mother-in-law, like Epstein-Barr virus after COVID. Right. And so anyway, my functional medicine doctor, he's doing stool samples. That's a story for you another day. Uh, Have you ever collected a stool sample? I haven't, but it always reminds me of Scrubs, that show, the TV show. They do like a whole musical where they talk about check the poo. Oh my gosh. No, it's like unlike anything I've ever experienced, but I'm death. I'm like, cool. Yeah. I'll dig through my, Uh, I will do whatever. Yes. Yeah. I'll dig through my shit and put it in a sample tube and send it off because I want to know what's wrong with my gut. He's doing autoimmune testing, which is a whole separate blood, you know, workup. And he's very thorough. And so I'm just, it's exhausting with, like, it's exhausting to, to know that when I move my body, I pay for it. Right. Um, so I'm working with him and I'm working with a health and wellness coach that works with him and a functional neurologist who I went in and had an hour of testing done with him. And he came back and was like, your nervous system is completely out of whack basically. And he did all these testing and he could tell me like my eye movements, what parts of my brain were like struggling. And so you go and you do all these, like you get hooked up to all these things that like recalibrate your cells and your brain and like, wow, that's crazy therapy. And I have to do these exercises at home that are so weird, so weird, but stuff that's like rebuilding your brain. Um, yeah, it's, I'm throwing the kitchen sink at this shit. Like you name it, I'm doing it. Well, good. You are a fighter. Like, do you feel like then you're kind of, I mean, obviously it's baby steps, but I mean, it sounds like you're moving in the right direction. Yeah, I am with the people I'm working with now, but like, they all have to remind me that like, this is a process. Like it took your body a long ass time to get here and it's gonna take your, your brain and your body a long time to heal. Yeah. So I don't know. Am I, I don't even know if I'm doing this story like justice because the hell I've been through I turned into a recluse. I mean, like I said, there were times where it was like, I couldn't even leave my house. I couldn't go into public. I can't exercise. I, well, and we went, even us, like we went from talking fairly often, like all the, like at least weekly, you know, we're planning things. We're, we're talking about to like, I never hear from Brett. Like I never, like what is going on? She's no longer on social media. Like what is, you know, like, yeah, it was, it was really crazy. I mean, to put it into perspective, like I am a fighter, but I was at a point where like, I didn't have any fight left in me. I I didn't. And I think I'm starting to see my fight again. And, um, it's, it's scary because I, there's not a day that goes by that. I don't have extreme anxiety attacking my body and my nervous system. Right. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm constantly living in a state of fight or flight because right. 
brain and my body are going through. Um, and there are people that don't believe in long COVID and that's okay. You don't have to, but like, I didn't really know much about it except for what my mother-in-law was going through until now. And I think when I had that light bulb kind of come on of like, holy shit, like my butt and every doctor I talked to and every, all the functional medicine people in the upper cervical chiropractor, they're like, oh yeah, we see so many people with these issues after COVID ramp. That's nuts. That's so crazy. Now, what I want to do is I made a list one time in my notes on my phone so that I could copy and paste it to every functional doctor person that I've been working with. Cause I get so tired of going over my symptoms. Yeah. And I'm going to just read this off to you guys. This is how I feel or things that I go through. If not every day, most days out of the month, um, dizziness slash vertigo worsened by hormones and barometric pressure here in Utah. When a storm's coming in, my head wants to explode and I'm very dizzy. Which this has been the worst winter in like 30 years. So yeah, lucky me. Um, Massive fatigue, severe muscle weakness after any type of exercise. Some days I will be bedridden with severe chills and low grade fever for a couple days. This is super random. I will be so cold. I cannot get warm ever. I can't get warm. It is very weird. And I I don't get it. Um, I feel cold all the time. Can't be warm. Okay. Massive brain fog. Some days worse than others. Uh, nerve pain and burning sensations all over my body at random times. A shit taste in the back, back of my throat randomly. Vestibular migraines, feeling very confused, disoriented in my brain. Never feel clear-headed anymore. Inner ear issues, pressure, and sometimes ringing in my ears. Cannot sleep well. Um, Depression and anxiety that are crippling, headaches most days, back of head pain, neck issues. This is like over the course of all of this, right? Uh huh. Some days it's really hard to breathe. I walk across my room and feel like I ran a marathon. Sometimes the nausea is so bad and I don't feel like eating things with no appetite. Very, very low blood pressure. And I get random fainting spells a couple times a month. Um, I also wrote down the things that I've tried, like all of the supplements, all of the things. And then I wrote down like other things. Like I've done acupuncture, upper cervical chiropractor, weekly massages, red light therapy on my brain, um, oils. I tried the antidepressant. I've done the benzos route. Like I've cut out all the things from my diet. Like when I read this off, I'm like, what the fuck? I never had issues before in my life. Like I could eat anything I wanted to. I had a stomach of steel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of gives you a little bit more of like, when you hear these things, like that's my life on a weekly basis. And I never know what symptoms are hitting me. Like right now I'm sitting here talking, right. Recording this episode. I could have never done this a couple months ago. No, you couldn't have. Wit came to see me, you guys, a couple months ago. It was it. And Yeah. I basically yeah. just cried in her arms on the couch and told her that I didn't want to live anymore. So it was very scary. <laughs> it was very scary. Yeah. I've never, I've never seen you like that. Like it, it was very scary. I have times where I honestly look in the mirror and I don't recognize myself and Mark, man, I, I don't, I don't know what I do without him because he's, I mean, he just wants to see me well. And that man is just. Yeah. He's a trooper yeah. too, because especially yeah. men want to fix things. 
Mm-hmm. And when you can't fix the situation, like he has had to have felt so helpless in this whole thing. Yeah. But it sounds like he's been a, like a wonderful cheerleader and there through everything to pick oh, up yeah. the pieces you couldn't do. He basically like holds me in his arms all the time and just like lets me cry over how I'm angry. I'm angry that I lost that old Brittany and I yeah. don't know how to get her back right now. And he just constantly tells me like you, but he has issues after COVID. He has a lot of like, does he fatigue and headaches and all these things too. So sometimes I'm like, we're kind of in this together, but I just got hit way harder with everything that I've been through with my body. Um, but yeah, he, he just tells me like, you are still my beautiful wife. Like you are going to get better. You are going to heal. Like he's, yeah, I don't know what I do without him. Your best and, cheerleader and, for sure. Yeah. And my neighbor and just all of you guys, like people that have reached out and just checking in on me. I don't know. I know we're like running out of time right now. And this is a long episode. What I want to do is just each time when I record, I want to just give you like little updates on where I'm at. Right. Yeah, because please. I don't have stool samples back yet. I don't have autoimmune blood work back yet. So like, I don't know. I don't really know. Well, this is a journey. So, you know, take us on this journey with you. You know, we're all invested in you. We want to know how things are going. We, you know, we're all cheering for you. I just, I fucking miss myself, you know, (laughs) I miss my life. So yeah, that's okay. Yeah. (laughs) It's okay. Who would, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? I just have no other choice but to keep fighting for my health and myself, you know? So I'm a strong ass bitch. I'll get there. <laughs> you are. You are. And you will. You will get there. And we're here. We're here along this journey with you. I love you guys. We love you. <laughs> Thanks for uh, listening to my my journey. Yeah. So this is where Britt has been, everybody. <laughs> We're going to follow up and keep up with her. I'm having, I will say like ever since I started working with my functional medicine doctor and changing my diet, um, I will say that I have more decent days than I did before. And I have to hold on to that hope. So good. Yeah. Good. That makes me actually really happy for you. That's great. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I don't have anything left in me. <laughs> okay. All right, everybody. Well, in this episode, we'll be back with another episode. Um, definitely, hopefully sooner than <laughs> seven months, but we, <laughs> we'll be well, back. We'll keep you guys updated on Britt's journey, hopefully also through Instagram. So if you don't follow us, go over there and follow us. Um, yeah. Until next time, let's keep it real. Bye guys.